Felcher, host of the Kid Fun and More podcast on Word of Mom Radio. I've written several books on creative play for kids, including my latest, Kid Fun 401 Easy Ideas for Play. On our podcast, we'll talk to people who care about kids in many different ways. Experts, entrepreneurs, psychologists, parents, teachers, and others. While learning about their line of work and special interests, We'll also talk about their memories of fun they had when they were young. I'll also share a Kid Fun tip that we hope will enrich your experience with kids. And now it's time for our guest. I believe music is the universal ingredient that brings the world together. And today's Kid Fun is going to focus on music. I can't wait to have a conversation with someone I admire, have admired for a long time. Vincent James is a musician and singer, and along with his wife, Joanne, are the founders of the national nonprofit, Keep Music Alive, and also two international music holidays, Teach Music Week, which is in March, and Kids Music Day, which is in October. They're on a mission to help more kids reap the educational, therapeutic, and social benefits of playing music. They are also the authors of the 88 Ways Music Can Change Your Life book, and it's a series featuring inspirational stories of how music impacted people's lives. And I'll just throw in before I say hi to Vincent that I was honored to be part of their book with the story of my life about Maria Von Trapp. But that's for another time. Hi, Vincent. Hi, Charlotte. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm so glad to have you on Kid Fun and More. And the more part for you is all about (laughs) music, right? Music has been such an important part of my life, Charlotte, since before I can even remember. Just, you know, I remember waking up in the morning my little AM radio by my bedside, and just that was what entertained me. If I was homesick from school, you know, I was glued to that radio. It's just the melodies that came across in those songs just stick with me, you know, even today. But so what came first for you, singing or guitar or other instruments? Because I know you're multi-talented that way. Well, it's, it's funny. I look back, I think it was in fourth grade in elementary school when we first had the opportunity to learn an instrument as part of the music program they had. And I remember coming home to my parents and saying, I want to learn how to play guitar. And my mom and dad said, no. And funny thing is, I don't think guitar was even offered, but that's what I had in my head. So (laughs) back to school, came home the next day. I said, I want to learn how to play drums. And they said, no, even louder. (laughs) (laughs) Because they didn't want that banging in the house. So they said, go, go back to school and try again. So I came back the next day and I said, I'm going to learn how to play the trombone. And that's what I did all the way through, you know, Junior high, high school, I played in marching band, orchestra, stage band, concert band. You know, it was just a joy to be in. I didn't know that. Oh, yes. All through school, you know, trombone was was my instrument. Uh, And then probably around, I was maybe 11 or 12, my mom convinced my dad to bring a piano in the house because she had always wanted to learn how to play the piano. Mm. So, you know, that piano came in the house and I was like, you know, like a bead of honey. What is this? You know, I'm just banging on the keys like, when when can I start getting lessons? 
I began shortly after taking classical piano lessons. I did that for three or four years until I got bit by the pop music bug. You know, that radio <laughs> drew me right. in and I started learning to play guitar a little bit on my own. And I had some lessons and started putting bands together, played in various bands in high school. And it's just, you know, music was just such an important part of, you know, my childhood growing up. I just can't imagine, you know, having a childhood without music being a part of it in some way. So that has really inspired you to influence so many other people. But I know that you also, perhaps maybe not for much longer, but you work with Boeing. That is correct. That is correct. So the funny thing is, so we, you know, I got to my senior year in high school, and this is when you start picking where do you want to go to college, what do you want to do? And I always, you know, I wanted to do music for a career. You know, I'm like, I wanted to go to actually Westchester University, you know, to study music. And my parents, being more practical-minded, were like, you know, you know, you probably should consider something a little more solid. And I ended up going to school for engineering. Did that for 30-plus years. And as you mentioned, I'm still doing that today as we speak for just a little while longer. And, you know, it served me very well, me and my family very well. And the music has been, you know, a passion, you know, on the side, weekends, evenings, whenever I can squeeze it in. But the musical training I had, I do believe, was pitiful to making, you know, connections in my brain that later led me to become a better engineer, better software programmer, better tester. So going along with that, you know, I work with the Philadelphia Youth Orchestra Music Institute. And one of the things we often say is we train tomorrow as leaders. Because when you learn music as a child, then you're learning discipline, you're learning working along with peers, you're, you have all kinds of other goals that lead to success in many directions. So not just the technical side, but other parts no, of music you are, are so spot important. On, spot on, Charlotte. I mean, we honestly, you know, what I've begun to realize is with Keep Music Alive, our nonprofit, is, you know, we're not trying to turn every child into a professional musician. Some of them may become that, but that's not the goal. Our goal is to give every child the best chance of success, no matter what career path they choose later in life. And as you mentioned, it's those skills they learn, the patience, the perseverance, the discipline, the teamwork. Uh, that on top of the, the boosted test scores for math, English, and science, because of the little extra connections going on between the left and right side of the brain, that music and the creative arts is helping to happen inside them. It's, I don't know, I just can't imagine why we'd ever not want to have music and arts in school for kids. Oh, God, it's so sad that there's so little of it. Let's talk more about where the idea for Keep Music Alive came from. Well, it's a funny story, Charlotte. What exactly is Keep Music Alive? Tell us that first. Well, Keep Music Alive is the name of the nonprofit that my wife and I founded initially informally as an organization in 2014 and then formally as a 501c3 in 2017. And Keep Music Alive, our programs, our mission is to help more kids and adults reap the educational, therapeutic, and social benefits of playing music. And to help us do that, we founded two international music holidays, as you mentioned in the introduction. Teach Music Week in March, and Kids Music Day in October. And we now partner with over a 1,000 music schools, music stores, and other music organizations to offer a free lesson to new students and also to hold special events that benefit and celebrate kids playing music. Uh, Vincent, when you say international, what do you mean? Where? Well, currently, there's about a little over a dozen countries that participate in Teach Music Week and Kids Music Day, meaning there are locations, music schools and stores in those countries Where? that participate. There's England, there's Canada, there's Australia, Mexico, Italy, France, and I'm sorry that some of the other ones are drifting off my mind. That's all right. That's so impressive. It's really Thank wonderful you. that you touch Thank children you. around the world through, through your music education. We've talked about why music and the arts are so important to children's education. Do you want to add anything to that? 
just that it's an experience that I think every child deserves to have, you know, and there are, you know, a number of schools that do have really excellent music programs. And then off on the side, there are a number of out of school programs that are available, but there are still children in underserved areas that don't get that opportunity. And there are fortunately a number of organizations outside the school systems that are coming in and offering those programs, you know, throughout different school systems in the country. So blessed to see. And, you know, we support all of that as much as we can try to get more of that happening. You know, I, I didn't expect to be talking about the Philadelphia Youth Orchestra Music Institute, but we have a division called Tune Up Philly, and it impacts at least 250 kids a year in underserved communities who never dreamed that music, especially classical music, would be a part of their life. And we provide instruments, and the children perform in concerts, and they have rehearsals all, all the time, after-school programs. And to see the joy on their face to have music <laughs> and the parents totally unexpected for music to be so important to them. But because of this program, as, as many others, children are exposed to music in a way they never dreamed of. Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, it, it, make, it brings smiles to our faces, Charlotte. Sometimes it brings, I know, tears to our eyes. The confidence that the children learn, the kids learn, you know, by learning, practicing, getting better at music, that translates to other areas in their life. Well, if I can do this, then I can accomplish this other goal or this other thing I'm trying to do in school or outside school. It makes them believe that anything is possible if they put in just a little bit of work. And so I, I agree. It's beautiful. So tell us specifically about your programs, like, like Teach Music Week. So Teach Music Week is the third week in March. And this year uh, that we're currently in will be the eighth annual when it comes up. And again, you know, what we do is we actually, as an advocacy organization, we encourage the music schools and stores to participate by simply advertising that they're offering a free lesson to new students that week. And then we go and put their information for all these music schools on the Teach Music website. In the U.S. and Canada, you can search it by zip code or by city, state. Internationally, beyond that, we have a separate pages for the different countries that participate. And our whole idea is to try to get as many new kids and adults started on their musical journey. You know, we reach out to media in every metro area, the radio, TV, and the print media, and the online media now, too, to let them know this is going on so they'll talk about it, they'll write about it. We're just trying to drive more families into these situations where they can discover how music can be valuable for their kids. I want to just do a plug. There are so many potential sponsors that want to reach families or want to continue the message of how important music is. And this is the perfect opportunity. It's not much budget to support what you do. I hope that there's some listeners who might look into Teach Music Week and keep music alive. If you want to help keep music alive and get your message to thousands of families, right? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Between Teach Music Week in March and Kids Music Day in October, you know, over a thousand locations participating. And then year-round, Charlotte, we have our musical instrument petting zoos, which we, since we're in the Philadelphia area, we go to schools, libraries. When we're not in the pandemic, we go to outdoor festivals, any place where we can bring guitars, ukuleles, keyboards, and dozens of different types of percussion instruments where the kids can play and interact with. It's like a please touch museum for musical instruments. Yeah, and when you <laughs> special to me. Yes, I know. And when kids, when you see that, we see the kids' faces light up. You know, when they're playing on the keyboard or they're holding the guitar in their hand, they're strumming, whether it's the acoustic or the electric, or they're running around with the tambourine and the cowbell. 
It just brings such joy to our hearts. And they see them pointing at me. They look at mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, whoever brought them. They, you know, they point at the keyboard. Can I do this? Can I do this? And we know that what we're doing, you know, we're on the right track. You know, it's interesting. It's a shame because you probably don't know the impact that you have made on so many lives of children. Because they could walk away and not forget it. And three years later, say, you know, I really do want to play the guitar. Remember that day I was trying it? And <laughs> yes, yes. We're, we are planting musical seeds anywhere and everywhere we can. Yeah, that's a great way to, to mention it. So let's take a short break right now so we can say thank you to our sponsors. And we will be back with Kid Fun and more on the Word of Mom Radio Network. She is brave. She is strong. She is you. Because you're that woman who's got a product or a service that you're looking to promote. Or you're out there seeking to support other women in business to help women learn, network, and build the businesses of their dreams. Because when you win, we win. We all know a survivor. Some of our friends and family have made it through difficult times. Some of us don't make it. Losing a loved one to cancer, a car accident, or any other unfortunate event can be crippling and unavoidable. But one of the hardest subjects to talk about is suicide. Too often, our youth decide that leaving this place is easier than facing the struggle forced upon them every day. More than one in four children go through some form of bullying or another. Most of us survive with scars, but for some... The inner demons created cannot be recognized or treated in time to ensure they make it through. Bullying in every form is very much avoidable. It starts with me, and it starts with you. This is Kelly Carius from No Such Thing as a Bully, reminding you to do your part when you see bullying happen. If you don't know what that is, call 403-447-4404 or go to nosuchthingasabully.com. Don't let the name fool you because stadiumbags.com has a line of clear bags that enable you to use your phone and your smart devices without removing them from your bag. Not only that, but the product is so good it'll stand up to the cleaning solvents that you need to use now to make sure that when you come home, you come home safely. So take a look at stadiumbags.com. You'll see why we're your clear choice, because safety, it's in the bag. We're back and ready to talk more on Kid Fun and more on Word of Mom Radio with our special guest, educational music advocate, Vincent James. Okay, Vincent, you told us in your bio, I mentioned 88 ways music can change your life. Tell us more about this book. Well, the funny thing about the book, Charlotte, is this is what started our whole advocacy mission, you know, without Mm -hmm. realizing it when we started it. Several years ago, I think it was in spring of 2014. I was drawn to listen to a teleseminar that was titled, How Everyone Has a Book Inside Them They Need to Write. And I'm going to be honest with you, Charlotte, I never in my wildest dreams thought I would write a book because I never considered myself and still don't consider myself an expert in anything. You know, because I divide my life between the technical engineering and the music on the other side, I don't really, you know, spend enough time in either one to really consider myself an expert. But something drew me into listening to this program. So I'm listening to it and about halfway through, it hits me like a bolt of lightning. What about a book of inspirational stories of how music impacted people's lives? And then we could publish that and put it out and inspire more people to want to play music. And I tell you, I got so excited. I ran up the stairs, talked to my wife, Joanne, gave her this, you know, told her about the idea I had. She got excited. And I was able to talk her into being a co-author, thank goodness, because she's been so instrumental in this journey that we're on. And then we reached out to that first book, over 6,000 musicians that we reached out to. 
including a number of celebrities asking if they had a story they would like to contribute. And we received so many submissions and we put that into that first book that came out in 2015. And then we donate proceeds from the book series. Now 80% of all proceeds this year are being donated to four different music education and service nonprofits. We're just trying to put it back into the programs that we know that are helping children and helping people benefit from music. You know what I love about it? I think it's great that you've worked for Boeing all these years because you have the financial security to allow you to do all this great work. I mean, the book doesn't have to benefit other charities, but here you are giving it away. And I do hear that you're about to retire from Boeing, right? I'm about to transition and to a full-time music education advocate. And I have to apologize. I think we're ringing on the side. Do you hear a ringing in your ear, Charlotte? (laughs) Just a little. (laughs) <laughs> I love when that happens. It's, it's, I pick it's it up, the bells, right? It's the bells. It's just you playing another instrument. I pick or it up. Joanne, I pick, upstairs. <laughs> I pick it up, but it might just be the ice cream man calling. I don't know. <laughs> so where were we? We were the. You have the ability to help others, but oh, I know that you're soon will be full time in music advocacy. Yes, yes, that was probably Boeing calling. So. I'm making the transition finally, once and for all. I've attempted this a number of times before, to be honest with you. And I've always looked over my shoulder. And, you know, at this point in my life, I'm ready to, you know, don't look back, leave it all on the track, just full steam ahead. I know what we're doing is really important. And then as we go out there into the world and put that energy out to the world, you know, we will draw on the supporters that we need to keep this going at the level that we need. Well, it's one reason why I... I really do wish that people listening would think they want to join your team in some way because you give so much. It's like you are such a gift. And Joanne. Thank so you. Can Thank you, you tell us? Well, you know what? I'll share a story. My story in 88 Ways is about the incredible opportunity I had to meet Maria Von Trapp. And it isn't the Maria Von Trapp that the Julie Andrews role. It's it's a Maria that was one of the children. But the importance of music in their life is something that I was able to share and my experiences with her. And I got to pinch myself because <laughs> when I saw The Sound of Music, I was just about ready to become a teacher. And my first song that I taught the kids was Do Re Me because that, that movie had such an influence on my life. And here I got to hang out with Maria Von Trapp. It was very cool. What's the inspiration for the passion you have? What is your why? Why do you do it? I think it's because, Charlotte, you know, music was so very important to me growing up. And I literally walk around with a song in my heart. And it's funny, Mm -hmm. you know, we're recording this on Valentine's Day. I know it comes out later, but it's just coincidentally, I literally walk around and I always have a, a melody going on in my head inside of me. I used to drive my friends crazy because I turned everything into a song, you know, when I was growing up. Right. <laughs> They're like, what are you doing? I don't know. It's just what I do. It just I remember me that through. song too. The song with the song in my heart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It just brings me such joy. And I think, so the book series, you know, when we first started this, you know, we started reaching out for stories. Honestly, I had no idea at that moment just how important music and music education was to the world at large until we started hearing these different stories and the impact that music was having on people's lives. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And that's kind of how it went from a book series into a movement (laughs) and, you know, to the Keep Music Alive nonprofit and then Teach Music Week. You know, I thought every... There should be a week every year that musicians everywhere offer a free lesson to someone new that they know just to try to get them started on their musical journey. You know, you just, I don't know, I just, 
the deeper we dug into it, the why inside me just grew and grew. It's kind of like you know the Grinch's heart. <laughs> you, you know, know when just... we when we went to school, we had we had music class and we had music appreciation. And I remember, oh, this was embarrassing, but I danced, <laughs> I, I danced on the stage. Like I like to share a kid fun memory with uh-huh. all of my my guests and have them share a memory they have. I mean, you've talked a lot about your memories of the importance of music. I remember that my girlfriend and I did a ballet dance on the stage, and then I was in the chorus, and music was so much a part of education. And then all of a sudden, budgets were cut, and it was easy to cut music, and so sad. And so the programs like yours became more important than ever. You know, when you went to school, yeah. you, you probably had music class every year. Yeah, we had music class starting in fourth grade and, and probably introduced to some music before that. I just, my memory isn't that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so, as you mentioned, it's funny. I learned at some point that back in the day, well, back in the day, I'm not sure exactly how long back was, but t- people studying to, to be teachers, just teachers in general, had to learn how to play an instrument. It was piano or guitar wow. because it was it was expected that as part of their classroom teachings that they would be leading songs as part of some of their teachings and some of the classes. Mm. You know that requirement of general teachers has long gone by the wayside. But that just goes to show you, you know, where we came from. You know, every classroom probably had a piano back in the day. So many families in the homes had pianos back in the day. And we've come so far from that. Right. And piano, well, I work with the Steinway people, and I know the value of having a quality piano, but to have music around all the time. So what's next for Keep Music Alive? What's next for us, I think, is just to keep getting the word out of how important uh, music and music education is. So. You know, because I'm going full-time doing music education advocacy shortly, we're going to be doing a lot more musical instrument petting zoos. Uh, In any given year, the last three years, we've done maybe half a dozen, I think one dozen we did the year before the pandemic started. This year, our goal is to do at least 25 events uh, in the warmer months when we know we can do them outside. And then once we can finally get back inside in the classroom, we'll be doing a lot more 50 to 100 events a year. And eventually, we're going to take it on the road and hit various locations so around wait, the country. So, Vincent, you always assume people know what that is, a petting zoo, a musical petting zoo. Uh-huh. So this is where we, we... Say what it is. What is it? We bring guitars, you know, several guitars, several keyboards, several ukuleles, and then dozens of different types of percussion instruments. And we set them up in an interactive display, and kids and families come in. And we have teaching artists that are with us, volunteers that help to introduce the children to the instruments show them how to hold it, show them put the pick in their hands, show them how to strum, show them how to, you know, touch the keys on like, the keyboard. Is it a workshop? So at one point it's a percussionist, another point it's a guitarist, or is it just no, there? No, it's just it's, casual. It's, free, it's casual. It's informal. It's free room. They go to whatever station they want to go to, hmm. and they go back and forth. And it's a funny story. I'll tell you, we did an event. The first time we did an event at the Rock Hall, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, we would have, you know, Families coming in, the kids would play, and then they'd go off into the museum, and then we'd see the parents chasing the kids back <laughs> to the instrument petting zoo because they wanted to come back to what we were doing, <laughs> and they were chasing them back. And the parents wanted to do it, I bet. Yes, yes. Well, the parents wanted to see the museum. And it's funny you mentioned the parents will often get a mom or dad to pick up the guitar and start playing. We're like, wow, you're really good. And they're like, oh, I used to play a lot back in the day. And we're like, well, you should pick it up again. You know, it's a lot of fun. And they're like, yeah, you see the smile getting really wide on their face. <laughs> mm. 
So I'm going to, I want to add a kid's fun tip. So when people can make instruments with their kids by using things in the house, they could take paper cups and if they have rice or beans, they could put just a small handful of beans in one of the cups and then tape the two together and they have a maraca. And that's kid fun. And that will be, they'll be marching around in parades around the house and playing with it. And with that note, I want to say thank you so much to Vincent James. Tell people how they can learn more about you. Thank you so much, Sarala. And people can find us online at keepmusicalive.org. And the book series is simply 88waysmusic.com. That's great. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled that I'm a part of your life, you're a part of my life, and that I could share your information with our Kid Fun and More listeners. Thanks. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And thank you, Charlotte. Love Kid Fun. Kid Fun and More. (laughs) Thank you. On behalf of everyone here on Word of Mom Radio and the Word of Mom Media Network, thanks for tuning in to Kid Fun and More. We're going to close with our fabulous theme song from Smith Sisters Bluegrass. So, till next time, this is Sharla Felcher. And don't forget to visit my website, kidfunandmore.com, for activities, information about my books, and much more. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true. Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.